rising on an emerging generation of kings. First Chronicles 13. We're going to take it from verse 7. We might jump a couple of things or from verse 6. We'll jump a couple of verses, but please follow with your mind and your eyes and your heart and with your attention. Verse 5 says, So David gathered all Israel together from Sheol. Look at your neighbor. See, you're going away from Sheol. Everything that is Sheoric in your life. Do you know what Sheol is? Sheol. What's Sheol? Sheol is a is a Yoruba expression for nonsense or an expression of irritation or something that is less than that is not desirable so David got all Israel from Sheol in Egypt to as far as the entrance of Hamath to bring the ark of God from Kerjeth Jerim and David and all Israel went up to Bala to Kerjath Jerim, which belonged to Judah, which is the house of praise, to bring up the ark, to bring up from there the ark of the God, of God the Lord, who dwells between the cherubim. We're going to talk about the cherubim in the next series, Star Wars, where his name is proclaimed. So they carry the ark of God on a new cart from the house of Abinadab, and Uzzah and Ahio drove the cart. Then David and all Israel played music before God with what? With what? With what? That is halal. Hallelujah is halal Jehovah. Hallelujah, it is to raise high sounds of celebration to Jehovah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jehovah. Right. So they played music before God with all the might. So, so you know that thing when a drummer, you see those music videos, you see this sticks who is very adept at releasing sounds and then breaking sticks. Because he's the real sticks. And that's why what he plays sticks. Like sticky notes. So he hits the right notes. You know when he's playing and he's demonstrating. That's biblical. Playing with all your might. That is when you're playing and you're just playing. Come of course it also depends on the mood, right? So if I'm doing spontaneous worship and you're doing beri beri, I mean that's not right. But if you're playing, just, just play something. If you're playing. Is he playing with all his might? No. Play with all your might. Play something with all your might. Now, now, if somebody is playing with all their might, do you think it's always going to be calm? So forget all those religious doctrines of every time you must be quiet before the Lord. There's a place for that. We had some very heavy holy moments in the pre-service spontaneous worship that God blessed us with. We did about an hour of holy worship, more than an hour. So there were moments of holiness, but then we ended up with a shout, right? Yeah. They played with, they played what? Yeah. 
music before God with what? All of your might. I want somebody to shout hallelujah with all of your might. Good rehearsal. Good rehearsal. Please be seated. One of the things every exhortation will do this month, and we're going to be hearing from other pastors and ministers this month, is we're going to instruct you to understand in praise and worship and thanksgiving and appreciation because there are mysteries to this thing. You know, some people go like, I'm just going to service for the word. I'm just going for the word. You're missing a big bulk of the experience. The worship and praise experience are so powerful. Why? In the word, we bless you. In praise and worship, we bless God. So the praise and worship is what God enjoys and then it thunders his intention through his word to hearts that already open from a place of appreciation so that when they receive the word, they're receiving it from a place of reverence. If you come for the word alone, you have revelation. If you have praise and worship, you have reverence. And God will do more in the life of one who has reverence than one who has revelation. In fact, revelation can make you proud, but reverence will make you humble. And it's humility that determines your greatness. It's not revelation that determines your greatness. How do I know Paul said, A thorn was given to me lest I become proud because of the abundance of revelation. So the abundance of revelation can sponsor pride. But the abundance of reverence, no matter how high you take me, no matter how much you give me, no matter how long it takes me, I'm on the floor, I'm praising you, I'm, I'm singing holy, holy. Reverence. In reverence, miracles happen without anybody touching you. Reverence. Give me my text, please. The Lord's text. With all their might was singing and on harps, on string instruments. So when we say Zama, Zama is really playing strong and loud and skillfully on stringed instruments. So I guess they had some banjo. They had some banjo. You know what the banjo is? The banjo is like a guitar that's not grown up. but banjo is help me dance join me come bless the lord with me psalm 37 this poor man cried unto the lord and the lord heard him and delivered him from all his troubles on singing with singing so if you don't play any instrument you can sing have you noticed something about singing that not all of us have great voices but some of us have frog-like voices but have you noticed that when we all sing, we all sound good together? Because the harmony of the soul is superior to the sorrowness, sorrowness, The embouchure is actually, I did a study on it. It's actually embouchure. Teacher, don't teach me. But you know the beautiful thing? He had an understanding of what he was saying. 
And I'm almost sure it wasn't the one that got it, it was his teacher. That's why you also learn. When your teacher says something, go back there. So I went to learn and I saw it was Embushor. Embrukyo. That's how I was going to say it in New York. Say, say what? So whenever I hear a new word, I go study. It doesn't take a long time. Two to five minutes. <laughs> right. I mean, no disrespect. You know I love you. Let's celebrate diamonds, man. The played with singing on harps, on string instruments, on tambourines, on cymbals, and on trumpets. So this morning we have drums, we have some string instruments, we have the keys, we have gong gong ball. Through the through throughout this month, we're gonna get some violin, we're gonna get some some brass instrument. We have to make some things loud. Maybe some flute, some clarinet. Verse 9, and when they came to Chidon's threshing floor, Uzzah put out his hand to hold the ark, for the oxen stumbled. Then the anger of the Lord was aroused against Uzzah, and he struck him because he put his hand to the ark, and he died there before God. Now, let me just throw this out there. Some people will take the general character of God and make it the only manifestation. So some people say things like, God has never killed anybody. That is a very, very, um, it's quite a myopic statement. God does not go around killing, but people can kill themselves when they violate the promises of God. We see that in the Old Testament and the New Testament, where Ananias and Sapphira lied before the Lord. And the Bible says, Peter said, why have you lied against the Holy Spirit? And they fell dead. So in other words, when it comes to the reverence of God, God doesn't joke with that one. Are you here? When it comes to the reverence of God, this was not the devil. It was not. Sometimes it was the devil that caused a cardiac arrest. God gave a direct word. said nobody should touch this thing. This thing is a symbol. It's not just a box. Once I inhabit anything, that thing is not just that thing. Are you getting that? Once God took residence in your heart, you are no longer just a girl. You're no longer just a boy. You're no longer just a Nigerian. You're a carrier of glory and a portal of dominion. He died there before God. Says so it's in his power to kill and to make alive. So God would rather not kill. But people can choose to die before him by violating. I mean, like, that makes your theology sound better. <laughs> by, Jesus is like, what's the difference? <laughs> the die, he died before him. And guess what? Verse 11. David had never seen it before. He became angry because of the Lord's outbreak against Uzzah. David was like, God, what's going on? This is not your character. God is like, when I said I am who I say I am, I can be anything I want to be for the sake of my glory. I can be fire in a bush. I can be fire on your head. It is because of those kind of blanket doctrines that people don't fear God any longer. We think that we have figured God out and we can box him in three lines of theology. We feel like we know what every service looks like. Somebody shout, I reclaim reverence. 
Then when you came angry because of the Lord's outbreaking against Uzzah, therefore the place is called Perez Uzzah to this day. David was afraid of God that day. He said, how can I bring the ark of God to me? So David would not move the ark with him. He was so scared of this thing. He was so joyful to bring. I mean, he went as far as Egypt. Most likely sent emissaries. to. It was an international festival. After a long time, over 20 years, the ark of God was being restored. Because they'd been in the house of Abinadab for 20 years. We'll look at that shortly in 1 Samuel chapter 7, 1 to 2. It had been in the house for a long time. 20 years! So now it was a big deal a minor celebration and they were coming to the house of david but but he was not even going to carry that ark because he was afraid how can i bring the ark of god to me verse 13 so david would not move the ark with him into the city of david but took it aside into the house of obed edom the gittites gittites not not gittad though <laughs> but a gittite the ark of god remained with the family of obed edom in his house how many months and the Lord did what? The house of Obed-Adam and all that he had. We have four months left this year. I prophesy over somebody's life and over somebody's home and somebody's marriage. As you reclaim the reverence for the things of God, you will see signs, wonders, miracles, and testimonies in the name of Jesus. For a short charge, I'm going to look for three people and tell them, bring back the ark. High five somebody with a palm burning. High five, say, bring back the ark. Please say it louder one more time. Say, bring back the ark. In other words, reclaim the reverence. Reclaim the reverence. Please be seated. It's just a short charge, but I know God was speaking to somebody. The Ark of the Covenant is a very interesting element in the Bible. It is central and it is pivotal to the operations of God in the earth. Because when God chose Israel, then he said, I'm going to call you my firstborn. I'm going to make you my inroad into the earth. God has always wanted a people outside of himself who will yet be on the inside of him and function like him externally. He wants to be able to mirror himself and see himself on the outside, much like when it is that Elamosh designs uh, some outfit and some garment. You design, you look at it and go like, oh wow, this is pretty good. Anybody like that, you do some work and you look at what you've done, mm, I'm not bad. <laughs> right? You're like, oh, this guy's trying. I'm feeling the book. Anybody like that? Have you ever cooked before and you felt, wow, this food is so good, I wish I was food? Anybody? Like you taste that fish. I've literally done it before. I said, thank God for this fish that gave its life for me. Anybody like that? Because sometimes you appreciate things better when they are at a distance on the outside of you. And so when God made man, looked at man and said, man, this is good. And because the compliments that come to your craft are actually a compliment to your character and skillfulness. So when someone looks at something you've designed or drawn or written or listened to, built, counseled, shaped, fashioned, it's actually a compliment of your character or your skills. Now many women, can I just say this? There are many women who may be shy or envious to tell you a great designer, but they'll look at something you design and say, ah, this dress is very nice. You still compliment. 
a compliment of your character. So when people look at you as a believer, that's what the word says, let your light so shine before men that they see your good works and give glory to your father who's in heaven. But as God began to move with his people, he manifested in different ways. Pillar of cloud by day, pillar of fire by night and all. He says, I'll make my tabernacle amongst men, which ultimately does in Revelation 21, where the Bible says, now the kingdom of God is amongst men. He's going to dwell amongst us. But one of the major elements that God gave Israel to be the representation, to be a piece of his presence, a reminder that is actually with them, was the Ark of the Covenant. Some say the Ark of the Covenant. There were three major things in the Ark of the Covenant. By the way, the Ark actually, let me show you in Revelations, the Ark actually has eternal connotations. So you have to be very careful when you say things like that's Old Testament and that's New Testament because there are many things in the New Testament that are, in the Old Testament that are actually New Testament. There are many things, watch this, in the Old Testament that are actually eternal testament. The major thing that the Lord has delivered us from in the Old Testament is the body of the law. But the oldest man has the law, it has prophets, it has psalms, it has songs of intimacy. Are you getting this now? So you have to be very careful. That's why it says, started to show yourself approved a workman. So people say things like, the Ark of the Covenant, now in this Old Testament, we don't need it again. Let me show you in the book of Revelation. Are you ready to see some? In the book of Revelation, verse 11, chapter 11 rather, verse 19. Nekova numalasia, vrubadi sakibalata. Then the temple of God was opened where? Was opened where? In heaven. And the ark of his covenant was seen in. So before the ark was placed in man's tabernacle, he already existed in God's temple. So the mystery of the ark is not an Old Testament mystery. It's a mystery of divine reverence and worship. Come on people. So in his temple, what Moses designed on earth was what he conceived based on his interactions. Like many of us navigating and ascended as we worshiped earlier this morning. We were able to navigate and you began to see things. Began to see designs and concepts and instructions and songs and sounds. So what Moses designed on earth, that's why God was very particular. He said, ensure that anybody who engage in this, in this work, they build according to pattern. A pattern means that the model predates the building on earth. <laughs> the ark was seen and when the ark was seen what happened? There were lightnings and noises and thunderings and an earthquake and the only other time we see these things happening, watch this, in the book of Revelations, thunderings, lightnings, earthquakes, and all of that, two times, three times actually, one during the persecution and the desolation of the earth for there to be the new earth and the, and the new heavens, the apocalypse, there's going to be shakings and thunderings. But also the word says that there was a fragrance of worship that rose and when the fragrance of worship and the prayers which were of incense which were the prayers of the saints rose then there were lightnings and thunderings what it means is that the revelation of the ark seeing the ark of god's covenant is going to produce the same thing as an intensity of prayer and worship the revelation being able to see god in his holiness that there are certain battles you will not need to fight 
when you see God in his holiness. You know why? Because he will rub off his glory on you. And when you show up in that battlefield, when they see your face, it's his face they will be seeing. Don't forget, the fact that the ark was in the temple does not mean it was seen. Something had to be opened. Are we here? The ark had been in Abinadab's house. We'll look at that shortly. But nobody had seen it for all those years. Glory had not been revealed for all those years. Look at somebody say, bring back the ark. Shout aloud and say, bring back. Back the ark. All those things. Some of you are going to see lightnings. What's lightning? Something will happen with lightning speed. Something will happen with lightning speed. It's going to be like a thunderbolt. Your voice will begin to resound in your, in your sector, in your environment. As you evangelize, we thank God for what he did yesterday in the streets. Where people were getting slain in the spirit. As we evangelize, get ready for more. Get ready for more. Get ready for more. I was going to Pastor Akin's church when they celebrated the 10th anniversary. What did I do? I can't remember. A lot happened this week. One of my busiest weeks so far. But as I was going to the place, the Lord said, speak to the man. The, the bold driver. Speak to him and witness. Within 10 to 15 minutes, he gave us life to Jesus. When it, 10 to 15 minutes, God said, tell all your people. When you get in the boat, that's not the time to plug your ears. That's the time to open their ears. Tell them, carry the ark into the boat. Carry the ark into the Uber. Let drivers park by the roadside because they're getting drunk in the Holy Ghost and they need to get sick. Are you hearing? Somebody shall bring back the ark. We don't teach enough about reverence. And there is the spirit of God. It says, this is the spirit of God. Spirit of God shall be upon him. It said, the fear of the Lord. There is a spirit of the fear of the Lord. Don't forget, God is a set. He's full. You can't pick one and leave the others. So you can't say, I want to pick the spirit of wisdom, but I don't care about the spirit of the fear of the Lord. They're all connected. Which means that even if you have a manifestation of wisdom, there's a level of reverence that will take that wisdom to another level. What happened in <laughs> when Paul and Silas were praying? The Bible says there were thunderings and there was earthquake. Axias are earthquake facilitators. Axias, people who see the ark. People who engage Shekinah. Now, it doesn't take time to see the ark. It takes time for you to step out of the distractions of this world. You live in that presence. But for your spirit man to be open. That's why you see, it'd be like as I prayed in the 45th minute or the first hour. After one hour, glory broke out. The glory was already there. It was your consciousness that was being stripped of weight, burdens, distractions, disappointments, fear, fatigue, forlornness, anguish. Or like David was angry with God. The anger. What takes time is not the manifestation of his presence. It's our own pressing in. In spite of the distractions of this world. He's always there. He's Emmanuel. God with us. He's here. Let me pay you because of time. I'll continue this maybe next week or something. Maybe on the island. But let's look at this before we shout. Somebody shall bring back the ark. 
If you want to know what the ark contained, please study Hebrews chapter 9, 4 to 5. Hebrews 9, 4 to 5. The ark contained certain things. But what's the issue here? The issue is if you go to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 7 from verse 1. He says, then the man of Kajath Jerim came and took the ark of the Lord and brought it into the house of Abinadab on the hill and consecrated Eliezer, his son, to keep what? The ark of the Lord. So, you can't be an ark keeper without consecration. No? Consecration is not just, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't club. Consecration is the next five Sundays, nothing will stop me from attending. Consecration is also seen in what you commit to regardless of what's not comfortable. So consecration is not just, let me tell you what consecration is. Some of you have heard me say it over and over. As long as I'm in, in Nigeria, this first five years that we've done, I thought I would do it for the first two years. As long as I'm in Nigeria, have I ever missed a Sunday? Have I ever missed a Sunday? Have I ever missed a Sunday? In five years, that's consecration. Are you all quiet? Do you know how many invites I turn down? Or liberties I can take? You don't even have to invite. Pastors just rest sometimes. You don't think pastors should rest? You know, watch from home. That's consecration. So consecration is not just, I wear white. I believe it's only very few people that are given that consecration. And the deeper you go in your walk with God, the more specific your consecrations will be. So, for example, there's some number of days in the year I must fast. You don't need to know what it is. It's consecration. It does not need to be general. There's a minimum amount of money I must give. It's consecration. You see, when, when you are not operating in consecration, you're operating in convenience. So, you do stuff when you, how, you, how you feel. <laughs> so, if you feel, ah, this service was great. Ah, let's give God like 20K. Try today. Our pastor preached. Let me let me send him five hundred naira airtime. That's not consecration. That's convenience. Consecration is it may hurt, but I choose to do this. So the deed that, but verse two. See that verse two now. Help me now. So it was that the ark remained in Kerja Jerim. A what? A what? A what? A what? It was there how many years? And all the house of? One ark was in one man's house for 20 years. And the result was lamentation. The same ark was in somebody's house. For three months. One of the pains in my life, but I know it's breaking with this five Sundays. One of the pains in my life is that people who just met me a few weeks ago or months ago, both in the business and the prophetic world, they seem to have more testimonies than people have been pastoring for years. That thing must break. You know what usually happens? Longevity breeds familiarity. You are used to it. Is it not PDMs? Is it not KMT? Is he no pilan? You say, I've been at that 20 years. There are a number of people in the service who are not even 20 years old. In the service, there's some people here. And most of us in this room, we've not done 20 years twice. So this ark was in one man's house for over half of our lifetimes. 
and there was no testimony. This is not your story. This is not your story. This is not your story. What do you think caused that familiarity? How do I know familiarity is a problem with the ark? Because when Uzzah touched it, when it became familiar, when he touched it, God touched him. Because God does not like familiarity. So if you feel stuck in an area of your life, it is most likely that there is something or someone you have become familiar with. You have started taking certain things for granted. So you can't get your grants. Are we here? 20 years! No manifestation, no signs and wonders. Why? Because he remained there. So he remained in Kerjath, Jerim. He was just keeping it. He was just maybe polishing and maybe removing the dirt from it. But, 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 but God says there is something about the ark that has the ability to change your life. In other words, when we say bring back the ark, what I'm saying to you is the next five Sundays, you are cutting off distractions. You are cutting off delays. You are not the one who is strolling during praise and worship. That's not you. You are not the one who will come. You are the one who will come before we start. And you are having your personal praise party just over there. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You are going to say to yourself, I'm playing music in the car. I'm playing music as I walk. I'm just giving God praise. I'm consecrating my lips away from complaining and worry and fear and anguish and narrating what the enemy is whispering. I refuse to be the devil's loudspeaker. I'm a consecrated worshiper. I will offer him the fruit of my lips and throw up my hands together. Somebody shall bring back the ark. Said so when the ark was coming three months in Obedidom's house, everything changed. Everything changed. Everything changed. Is anybody ready for everything to change? I love the energy coming from that side this morning. Is anybody ready? Are you guys ready for everything to change? Everything is about to change. There are memorial dates in my life. There are memorial seasons in my life. I know some seeds I sowed changed some things. I know some fastings changed some things. I know some moments of prayer in this house changed some things. I believe God. That this next five Sundays, something is going to shift. Not only in this house corporately, but in your house personally. Look at your neighbor say, Oh, but Adam, let's do this. Give me the text, First Corinthians 13, Chronicles 13. Let me show you something about Obed-Edom. Obed-Edom is from two words. Obed and Edom. Edom is similar to Esau, Edomite. Uh, it speaks about redness or blushing. Redness or blushing. Give us Obed-Edom and how God blessed them for three months. In three months. Three months. Give me, give me. Where's Obed-Edom? Give, give me. In Lord prosper them. Three months. What is Obed? Obed is one who the meaning of Obed is one who approaches God the right way. The one who approaches God the right way. The one who serves God the right way. Adam means he blushes. Which means he's not necessarily perfect. It means he may have some blemishes. He has some things to blush about. He has some things. But God said, don't let your Adam stop your Obed. 
Don't let the blushing and the blemish stop your blessing and your shouting. I thought somebody was going to be shouting already. Look at your neighbor, say three months, three months, three months. Some of you are not saying with expectation, say three months. Three months from now, what are you going to be? Who are you going to be? Three months from now, your life goes to another level. That'll come, Matosha. Three months from now, you take bold steps. You take bold steps. You take bold steps. You walk through new doors. You turn your back on ties and delays and assaults and weights and burdens in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout it. Look at your neighbor and say, don't get familiar. Don't get familiar with God, with praise, with worship, with thanksgiving. Say, don't get familiar with your pastor, with your prophet, with your leaders. Say, don't get familiar. Don't touch the ark. In three months, I prophesy, as we praise and as we worship, signs and wonders, miracles of thunder, God's praise will be like the sound of many waters. Are you ready to praise? Let's go for about 20 minutes of wild and intense praise. Somebody open your mouth. KMT, jump on the stage. Let's give them praise. Let's give God praise. Let's give God praise. Is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this grown community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing, someone you know needs this. Kindly share this now.